You're tuned into the Market Unclosed podcast by PPI Securities, a podcast where we give you a quick rundown on the Philippine equities market to help you trade better, live better, as we make investing a habit. Welcome to another episode of Market Unclosed as we say hello to the last month of the year. It was another roller coaster of a week despite only having four trading days as we saw the index surge to over 6,800 only to fall back down to earth to end the week. The local index snapped six straight weeks of gains to close 117 points down to 6,489 or 1.78% down week on week. For the year, the market is still down 7.72%. The bourse traded to a high of 6,814 in the shortened week, but close to its low of 6,400. Foreigners ended as net sellers this week at 2.5 billion pesos to bring year-to-date numbers to 63.42 billion pesos net foreign outflow. For the month of November, we ended in net inflows of 5.7 billion. This is the first net inflow since Feb 2022. Average turnover for November was at 6.63 billion pesos. Five of the six sectors close in the red, with the lone sector gaining for the week is the mining and oil index, up 5.62%. Leading the decliners were the property index down 3.27%, the financials index down 2.7%, and the industrial index down 2.17%. The PSEI crossed below its 200-day moving average at 6,599, and RSI indicators at 71 dip slightly, but still shows overbought conditions. The local currency gained for the second straight week to close at 55 spot 74 to a dollar. For the year, the peso's depreciation stands at 9.30%. New stateside, U.S. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell confirmed that smaller interest rate increases are likely ahead, even as he sees progress in the fight against inflation as largely inadequate. Powell said he sees the central bank in a position to reduce the size of rate hikes as soon as December, but cautioned that monetary policy is likely to stay restrictive for some time until real signs of progress emerge on inflation. The chairman noted that policy moves such as interest rate increases and the reduction of the Fed's bond holdings generally take time to make their way through the system. Powell's comments provided a boost to Wall Street shares as they close off the month of November with the Dow and S&P 500 ending the month up roughly 5.7% and 5.4% respectively. The Nasdaq Composite on the other hand gained nearly 4.4%. On oil, the White House is considering building additional oil reserves against the backdrop of the upcoming winter and uncertainty surrounding the market. The Biden administration is weighing whether to call on Congress to raise the storage limit, potentially doubling it to building additional reserves the administration could release if supply tightens or prices rise again. The White House is also bracing for a potential price spike as Europe's oil embargo and the G7's price cap on Russian oil looms ahead, potentially disrupting supply. On the local front, the national government's budget deficit ballooned to 99.1 billion pesos in October, 
as state spending outpaced revenue collections. The Bureau of Treasury reported that October budget gap rose by 54% from 64.3 billion pesos deficit in the same month in 2021. They noted that the higher deficit for the period resulted from the year-on-year -year acceleration in government spending, outpacing revenue growth. Government expenditures rose by 22% in October to 388 billion pesos, while revenue collection increased by 14% to 289 billion pesos. SNP Global Ratings revised its Philippine economic growth forecast upwards to 7.1% this year, but sees slower growth in 2023 due to the impact of higher interest rates and elevated inflation. SNP trimmed next year's GDP growth projection to 5.2% from 5.7% previously. This is below the government's 65 to 8% growth goal for 2023. The credit watcher said strong consumption in economies such as the Philippines will lift the average Asia-Pacific regional growth next year. The S&P Global also reported that factory activity in the Philippines expanded for a 10th straight month in November, although jobs fell for the first time since March. The S&P Global Philippines Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index, or PMI, inched up to 52.7 last month from the 52.6 recorded in October. A PMI reading above 50 denotes improvement in operating conditions compared with the preceding month. Finance Secretary Benjamin Jockner said that the country's debt-to-GDP ratio is expected to drop to around 50% by 2028 if it sustains its strong economic growth. The debt-to-GDP ratio was below 40% before the pandemic and went up to 62% this year as revenues fell while pandemic-related spending rose. Despite that target, the finance secretary also said that the national government is planning to launch a U.S. dollar retail treasury bond issue in the first quarter of 2023. He said the issue is expected to raise around $3 billion, depending on demand. The planned transaction will be the second of its kind, following a $1.6 billion 5- and 10-year offering in 2021. The Banco Central will not raise the minimum capital requirements for rural banks in the next three to five years while the Rural Bank Strengthening Program is being implemented. In September, the BSP raised the minimum capital requirement for rural banks to at least 50 million pesos as it seeks to further strengthen the local banking industry. The central bank also reported that despite the rising interest rate environment, bank lending expanded in October by 13.9% year-on-year to 10.56 trillion pesos. This is the fastest pace in nearly four years and was slightly higher than the 13.4% loan growth the month prior. Governor Felipe Medale commented that the sustained growth in credit activity and ample liquidity will continue to support the recovery of economic activity and domestic demand. The BSP also noted that headline inflation may settle within the 7.4 to 8.2% range in November due to higher electricity rates and soaring prices of agricultural commodities. If realized, inflation would exceed the BSP's 2-4% to target for the 8th consecutive month. Headline inflation stood at 7.7% in October, with Governor Medallia noting that inflation may have peaked in November or will peak in December. United Nations Financial Agency, the International Monetary Fund, said that the Banco Central should continue tightening monetary policy 
until 2023 to anchor inflation expectations and support the local currency. IMF's director for Asia-Pacific Department said that the BSP has been prompt in tightening, a move the agency supports but notes that inflation pressures remain high. The IMF projects Philippine inflation to average 5.3% this year and will ease to 4.3% in 2023. Washington-based the World Bank reported that remittance inflows to the country are expected to rise by 3.6% or about $38 billion this year, but sees it slowing in 2023 due to a looming global economic slowdown that will likely weigh on overseas Filipino workers' ability to send more money home. The global lender expects remittances to the country to ease to 2% growth to $39 billion next year. On to corporate news, energy provider Aboidis Power announced that its unit's 49 megawatts battery energy storage system in Davao de Oro is now operational. AP President and CEO Emmanuel Rubio said the company sees battery technology as a great opportunity to address concerns about reliability, affordability, and sustainability of energy supply. Another listed energy provider firm, ASEN, has signed a share purchase agreement for the acquisition of Sinokalan Solar Power Corp. or SSPC, the developer of a 60-megawatt peak solar plant in Pangasinan. SSPC will become ASEN's wholly-owned subsidiary upon the completion of the acquisition scheduled on December 15. The Ayala-led renewable company said that SunGrow Power and Havila AAA Holdings signed an agreement with ASEN for the sale of their shares and subscription rights in SSPC. Ayala Corp and Globe Telecom's 917 Ventures will soon bring Taiwan-based electric scooter and battery-swapping system provider Gogoro to the Philippines. The goal is to reduce the use of fossil fuel by the country's logistics industry and plan to pilot the program in the first quarter of 2023. Gugoro Smart Scooters will serve as an eco-friendly alternative to fossil fuel-powered vehicles currently used by the logistics and last-mile delivery industry. Another Ayala-led company, A-REIT is planning to grow its business at an average of 100,000 square meters of gross leasable area annually from 2023 to 2025. In its three-year investment strategy, AREIT said that the target will increase its assets under management by 10 billion pesos to 15 billion pesos yearly. To date, AREIT's assets reach 54 billion pesos and are projected to reach 64 billion upon the infusion of Ayalaland Cebu assets. AREIT noted that it's looking to diversify into other asset classes, including shopping malls, as it bets on the recovery and reopening of the economy. Semerara Mining and Power CEO Isidro Konsunhi told reporters that Semerara would do okay for 2023, but with a different mix as he thinks power will contribute more because of the supply and demand issue. He noted that even if coal prices drop next year, it will be compensated by the power business. Konsunhi is also the chairman of DMCI Homes and noted that 2023 is seen to surpass its 2022 showing and expects higher sales and reservations next year. They have already surpassed their 2022 sales target of 27 billion pesos and is about to close the year with 32 billion in sales and reservations. For next year, the company is targeting 35 billion pesos. 
mother company, DMCI Holdings, is planning to bid for three more sections of the country's first subway project, while waiting for the Department of Transportation's call for bidders. In October, DMCI was awarded Contract Package 102 of the subway project spanning the Quezon Avenue and East Avenue stations. The sections being eyed will also be with a foreign partner, but DMCI officials did not disclose whether it will be with its current Japanese partner, Nishimatsu Construction. The company also reported a moderate decline in its order book due to a slowdown in project bidding and contract awarding from both the public and private sectors. DMCI's order book slipped by 8% year-on-year to 45.3 billion pesos for the first nine months of the year versus 2021's 49.3 billion. DMCI President George Konsunhi expects formidable headwinds over the medium term on persisting high inflation, rising interest rates, and anemic demand for commercial and office spaces. Eagle Cement disclosed that no stockholder voted against its proposal to voluntarily delist in relation to the company's ongoing sale of shares to San Miguel Corp. Eagle said it received the written assent of its stockholders that represent over 92% stake in the company. Andrew Tan's Global Estate Resorts will be building a luxury residential village in Trece Marites, Cavite, from which it expects 1.3 billion in sales for the first phase. The 42-hectare Prana Garden Villas will offer a total of 178 lots, ranging from 240 square meters to 513 square meters. The village will sit inside the 340-hectare lifestyle community, Sherwood Hills, which is known for its nature-contoured golf course. Port operator ICTSI announced that its container handling facility in Misamis Oriental, Mindanao Container Terminal or MCT, has acquired a mobile harbor crane, which will enhance its capacity and productivity. The MHC is scheduled to be operational by year-end and is seen to augment the terminal's existing cranes by enhancing its vessel handling capacity. ICTSI also noted that it plans to revive its proposal to develop and operate the Iloilo Commercial Port Complex as part of its goal to help the government in improving the country's port network. ICTSI is waiting for guidance from the government, whether it will be a public tender done by the Philippine Ports Authority, or if the government will welcome an unsolicited proposal. The company had estimated an investment of over 5 billion pesos to fully develop the Iloilo port complex. Metro Pacific Tollways of the Pangilinan Group said its unit NLEX Corp expects to award the Candaba Third Viaduct project valued at 67 billion pesos before the end of the year. The Candaba Viaduct is a causeway allowing motorists to traverse the section of the swamp between Pulilan Bulacan and Apalit Pampanga. A third viaduct will be built between the northbound and southbound portions. The SM Group's Han C said that SM Prime Holdings is on track to achieve its goal of increasing the use of renewable energy to 50% of its property portfolio by the end of 2022. SM Prime's long-term deal with Aboitis Power calls for the supply of clean energy across its portfolio, which includes malls, leisure homes, offices, hotels, and other establishments under the retail competition and open access. And this is your market calendar for next week. On Monday, the IPO offering for Premier Allen Power Read is going to close. 
while we have cash dividend X dates for Citicorp Energy REIT and Raslag Corp common shares. On December 6, Tuesday, we have the release of Philippine inflation for November. While for Wednesday, December 7, we have the release of unemployment rate for October, industrial production for October, and foreign exchange reserves for November. No trading on December 8, Thursday due to the Immaculate Conception holiday. While on Friday, December 9, we have the release of foreign direct investments for September. So guys, before we close off the episode, I would like to personally invite you all to join our special sustainability focus webinar entitled the Ayala Blueprint for Sustainability. This will be on Tuesday, December 6 at 9 a.m. and will feature C-suite executives from one of the largest conglomerates in the country, namely Ayala Corporation and its listed energy platform, ASEN. We will have a Q&A session and the details are on our BPI Trade Facebook page and bpitrade.com. That's a wrap for today's episode. For more insights and trading ideas, log on to your BPI Trade accounts or open an account today at bpitrade.com.